Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, welcome back. Here's part two. If you haven't heard part one, that's on the feed. Listen to it first because um, that's my government advice. One of the things that you spoke about really touchingly in the book was finding yourself, uh, for want of a better description, as a as a queer person and a queer person, a queer black man, you come out, but then you have to come out twice. And actually, you can be a real victim. Well, you you can be. You are a victim Mm -hmm. of racism. And at that time, what was that like? Because I know that that will resonate with so many people listening. Yeah, I mean, I remember thinking, you know, I've been rejected from home, but mm. I found my tribe, you know, the gay tribe. And then I went into all these clubs and realized that the certain men had, um, sort of these horrible descriptions for, for the, you know, for different tastes. If you were a, mm. a white guy who liked black men, you were a dinch queen, mm. which would be something dirty. If you liked East Asian men, you were, a rice queen. If you like South Asian men, you're a curry queen. But I just knew that I wasn't going to be anybody's fantasy. I mm. wasn't so from day one. If I saw you only dated black men, I run a mile. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was it. Yeah. You know, and it took me a while to sort of meet sort of the right people, so to say. Yeah. Because I imagine that layer of being anyone's kink for want of a better yes, description yeah. despite you you're always going to second guess it right yeah of course and, and and i'm sort of linking that in my head to you speaking a lot about imposter syndrome and not supposed being supposed to be there and how exhausting that is <laughs> it's totally exhausting mm. you know flipping from work where you didn't feel you belonged to the gay scene where you also didn't feel you belonged. And back then, there, it wasn't, you know, people went out. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. They went on the phones. Or, <laughs> yeah. So you really saw, you saw it direct. Yes. So as well as, you know, those who fetishized, there were those who didn't date black men or didn't date Asian men. It yeah. was all very weird and mm. confusing, you know, at such a young age. Mm. Then you moved to America and you sort of experienced a different version of that. Is that mm-hmm. right? Because... The two countries, i.e. here and America, the, the racism issues are very different, yeah. but they're both there. What was that like? I mean, America was, I mean, I was just, you know, no matter what racism we faced in England, we all went to sort of the same places. We mm-hmm. went to 
same place. In America, you had black clubs, Latino clubs, mm-hmm. white clubs, and they didn't mix. Mm-hmm. Mm. So all my black friends went to black clubs and all my white friends went to white. It was such a, 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 a I couldn't believe it. Mm. Cause you know, in London, you know, we're all together. Yes. Love would grow. We're all together. Mm. So just realizing, oh my God, you know, in America, you're different. Yes. You're different too. So it was a different kind of racism, but it was very obvious. Yeah. It was very obvious. This is my tribe and we stay here. Mm. So that was another thing to get my head around. Yeah. And did you experience it in work as well? I mean, in work, I was always, I was always the only one. Mm -hmm. I was talking one, just as sort of Naomi was probably the only black model Mm. of a certain level. I was the only one. But I knew that I didn't want to be the one there on my own in every room. So I brought people up with me. I dragged up, you know, makeup artist Pat McGrath. I dropped up. Ben Scurve and the hairdresser, I dropped up people, dragged up people like me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we could all sort of be in this space together. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that's really what it was. It was It was a bit of a lonely place if you're a black person mm-hmm. in the 90s. As much as everyone worships the 90s, it was also sort of a very racist time, essentially. Mm. You know, all the images were sort of very Eurocentric. And, you know, I was fighting my corner, shooting black models and... Asian models for ID and it was a it was a tricky time but I knew that I wanted to bring people up with me and not Mm. just be the only one and but just incredible that you did it because to go against the grain uh, is the hardest thing in the world right (laughs) I mean I've been asked this question I was like I wasn't supposed to be here Mm -hmm. (laughs) right I was I wasn't supposed to be here we ended up in London because we had to escape so when you look at me, you know, I'm, you know, I'm always about possibility, what's possible. Mm-hmm. I wasn't supposed to be a model. I wasn't supposed to be an editor, but everything happened. So that's why in the way I wrote this book, just to share with a new generation, mm. you know, that if they say you don't belong, you know, you do belong. Yes. Yes. Right. You know, it was a very, very important message that I learned. Mm. And I really want to sort of, um, let sort of young people know it's okay. It's okay to be gay. It's okay to be fluid. It's okay to be non-binary. It's okay to be trans, you know. Mm. And there were seeds of all of that going on in your work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm jumping ahead, but uh, here we are. Um, and then you get the call for Vogue, which I just want to say to you one quick thing about this. So <laughs> in the very beginning of the book, <laughs> you mentioned how Anna Winter always taught you to reply to an email straight away. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking... I'm so shocked that you do that. I'm like, I can't believe Edward does that. That's incredible. Oh my God, yeah. Then Edward gets an email (laughs) from Jonathan Newhouse. Is that right? Yeah. Saying, we'd like you to take over Vogue. He's missed the email. You didn't reply. It's the one email you didn't reply to. (laughs) The one email I didn't reply to. (laughs) Yeah. It's a funny one. Yeah, Jonathan had left a message. And, you know, we were at the show. So, you know, when you're at the shows, you're running around so crazy. I must have missed. Must have missed that one. <laughs> and, and it was a very exciting call. I remember I came to Vogue House to meet with Nicholas Coleridge and Albert Reed and we talked about Vogue and, and I was very honest because I just thought, you know, people like me, black, gay, working class, really from what you hear and what I'd seen, you know, don't, don't belong at Vogue. Mm. So I remember they asked me, you know, what I thought of it and I was very honest and I was just, it just didn't reflect 
the world that I I saw, mm-hmm. the world that I saw, a world that was sort of multicultural, you know, a world that embraced beauty in all its forms, you know, age, you know, sexuality, color, mm. you know, religion. And if I was going to work on book, that's what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I, I was very straight up and honest about it. And I guess the time must have been right mm-hmm. because, you know, Jonathan really was excited by that. And, you know, Vogue is 106 years old. Mm. And I always say that, you know, when, when you work there, you're the custodian. Mm-hmm. You know, while I'm there, I have to sort of protect it and let it reflect the world as I see it. And in 2017, that it seems far away, but it wasn't mm-hmm. the most popular notion for a fashion magazine. People were still saying models of color don't sell magazines. Yes. Models of color... I remember doing advertising jobs where black models or, you know, Asian models could wear the dress, but they couldn't advertise sunglasses because it went into all these outlets. Um, so I remember, yes. yes, I remember a time when that was the case. You know, now you look at all the magazines and it, it's so diverse and mm. it's so beautiful, but it wasn't like that no. at all. I mean, I remember it so clearly when you got the job, which, you know, obviously I'm hearing about it as an end user. The conversation had been going on for a while. And that that was what you wanted to do was such a massive breath of fresh air and such a relief and felt like it would reflect the incredible people I see in the world, you know, not, you know, not like I'm got specialised to anyone else. But I, I'm just so interested in how corporateness got on board with it because like you say it was so received that you know uh because certain things like images don't work in different territories even yes, that was yeah. used as a thing wasn't it you know i mean you know I, I i think when i got the job i got the full support of jonathan newhouse mm. but also jonathan knew that you know i do have a sense of sort of fearlessness mm-hmm. that i was going to create the magazine that I thought was right. And even if I was fired, it was okay. Mm -hmm. Mm. I wasn't scared to be fired because I would have gone back to my freelance career anyway, which was pretty great. Yeah. So he got behind me and Mm. the corporate structure, you know, sort of got behind me. And I never really came up against any sort of restrictions or Mm -hmm. people saying you can't do this. They really believed, but also let's not, you know, let's not beat around the bush. F- financially, we started doing so well. Yeah. The newsstand embraced it. We got new readers, mm. you know, advertisers followed. Because you can create something, mm. you know, that's great for the world. But if it doesn't sell. Yes. So I knew that I had to hit both. Yes. And, you know, and so we're so successful today. And um, I'm really, really glad that the, the, the world was ready. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Fashion is such a funny thing, isn't it? Because it is, uh, it's a portal to a, a different world of acceptance, inclusion. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's also the word exclusive, you know, that is just thrown around so much, but it's also desperately inclusive at its best yeah. as well. And I feel like that's what you yes. brought back. I mean, it's, it's inclusive. I mean, fashion, I always say, can, can really reflect the times. Mm. No, and the reason why the magazine was received so well was that it was reflecting society at the time. Mm. You know, and I always talk about even even in lockdown when we did sort of these incredible issues while we were were all separate. You know, so good. James Judy on the cover Mm. and the essential workers. This was what was going on in society. What was going on in the times? And I and I think once you sort of reflect the zeitgeist through the Vogue lens, Mm. then it works. Mm. And Mm. it's so funny, isn't it? Because, you know, you get such a great job and then the pandemic happens (laughs) and you're like, fucking hell, right, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) A year and a half at home. (laughs) But you know what it did? It really really sort of sparked that early creativity. I had an idea, you know, when I was at ID, there was no money. Yeah. So I would... Go, you know, I'd write the copy for the cover. I'd shoot the cover. I'd, you know, write the shopping pages. I'd write the features. You know, I'd go from department to. I learned everything. Yeah. So that came in hand. That came yeah. in handy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I did. We had we had no money then, so what can we do now? And it really was exciting at the same time. Yeah, and I, I think with all creativity, isn't it that like huge restrictions are really freeing because mm-hmm. whole sections of but what if we did this just disappear it's like well that can't be done so let's let's make this and let's make this the best thing because you know like the parallel i have is like i'm a director in my other job and so when we do big budget tv shows and stuff like i imagine you find this with you know jobs when you were doing big commercial things it's like the possibilities are endless is not the birthplace of good work (laughs) (laughs) and i remember someone from an advertising agency once doing a presentation for their big beauty Mm -hmm. client saying this is a photo taken by eg mario testino a big famous fashion Mm -hmm. photographer he did it in his own time with his best friend ex-supermodel you really liked this picture on this hand is the picture he did for you guys, which you all hate <laughs> and cost a bazillion pounds because you argued with him about everything, you know. Yeah, and it's he not, was, he, 
You're like, this is my editorial. This is where I can really be creative. Mm. And this is advertising where somebody tells you what to do. <laughs> that was the, that was the conversation for years and years. Mm. And, and also because mm. brilliant people are quite impatient and they don't want to have 50,000 conversations, right? No, they just want to get to it. Yeah. Do, most people are doers, aren't they? Yeah. You know, and so the pontification actually creates something dreadful, and it's like you needn't have hired X amazing photographer. You know that story is, and then give them the room to do yes what they do. I mean, I remember when I was styling freelance, it was the same. Mm. You know, you do a job for a company, and it's a white t-shirt <laughs> or a white vest, and you have twenty people <laughs> looking at the, the, the cut of the sleeve, and you're like, it's a t-shirt. <laughs> And I'm a stylist, so I think I, I know what's a good T-shirt. Yeah. You know, it's the push and pull of advertising and editorial. Head. Someone I know did an advert for a big supermarket chain. Um, a food, they are an extremely successful chef, and they did a food advert for a supermarket chain. And they were cooking some, they were showing some salmon in the advert, and they had got 20 salmons, and they sent out one, <laughs> didn't like that one, sent out two, <laughs> The supermarket didn't like the second one. They went through all 20. The, the salmon didn't let happy enough or whatever thing they need. <laughs> Poor salmon. Yeah. So then she didn't know what to do. So she just got number one and sent it back out. <laughs> <laughs> they got to number 23 and they're like, this, this is the perfect salmon. She's like, you literally saw it 17 salmons ago, but okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> How do you keep yourself from not going mad and all that stuff? How do you keep an even head when you are running mm. a big... I mean, when I was younger, it was all about working myself into the ground. Mm -hmm. But now I look after myself. Mm -hmm. I meditate. I wake up very early. I meditate. I work out. I have a husband. I have a dog child. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to sort of have a, have a life outside of this. Because Brilliant. when I was younger, there were no breaks. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like yeah. work yourself into the ground, get sick, get back up, work again. And now I've kind of at the age of fifty found a bit of a balance, mm. and it was it didn't it didn't come easy. No, you know, well, fashion's a hard place. And congratulations on getting married. Thank you. How were the preparations? Who was the control freak, if there was one at the helm? <laughs> I remember my husband Alec and I decided to get married on my birthday, twenty second of the oh, second. amazing. So we were like, okay, we had four weeks to plan. Did you know? We had four weeks to plan. Wow. And Alex's bit was done. <laughs> <laughs> what was Alex? And I was then? in there. I was like sorting everything out. And I'm like, Alex, shouldn't you be feeling anxious? He's like, it's all okay. It's all going to be okay. So I was the, I was the, I was the bridezilla, whatever they call it. Yeah. <laughs> Groomzilla. <laughs> and it's like making sure, you know, we got married at our friend, um, Emma Weymouth and Marchioness of Bath's house in Longleat. So, you know, we had to have people flying in, booking hotels in the area. Yeah. Every bed set. I'm stressed and I am trying to do my job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and do you approach something like that as, because uh, I'm sort of in my head, I'm like, okay, your auntie's coming, but Rihanna's coming. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, how do we find, how do we throw a that, party? Funny in? enough, funny enough, that was, Kind of what Alec was thinking more. Right. For me, it was like, they're coming. Right. This one's here. You know, this one's here. This one's here. They'll get on. Oh, they'll right. have to get on with it. That's great. So that never really, but I remember having a conversation with Alec about that. And I thought, Oh, I can imagine. But when they all got together, all these sort of quote unquote famous friends and 
our family and friends. It was fine. At the end of the day, people are there to celebrate yeah. a union and a love. So it will always be okay. Did you have like a mood board or anything? Or was it like... We had four weeks. Right. I literally drove everybody crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Restrictions. <laughs> and the restrictions have gone. And also you didn't know if the wedding was going to go ahead or if there was going to be another. Oh my God, of course. So we just planned. I drove everybody crazy. With catering. And <clears throat> it, it was insane. But it was the adrenaline. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, we've been together for 20 years. Yes. And every year we were going to do it, but we never did and we never mm-hmm. planned it. But when we had four weeks, mm. we definitely, we did it. Oh, great. And it was a beautiful day. That's amazing. Best day of my life. Would you ever have a family, you and Alec? Um, I mean, I'm open to it. Yeah. I think I'm a bit old. But... No, you're not. My dad was 50 when he had me. Really? Yeah. Anything's possible. What's next? Because you've done so much incredible stuff. Thank you. What are you setting your sights on next? What What's the thing? Believe it or not, I don't make plans. I know people, I don't make five-year plans. I don't. I don't make 10-year plans, mm. you know. You know, I take the day as it comes. I'm really loving what I'm doing now. I'm loving my job. I'm loving working across Europe. For now, everything's great. But, you know, who knows what the future holds? That's what I've been saying. Do you also feel like with pandemic, you feel like you haven't actually had that much normal time to create the magazine, you know, in, compared to how much time has passed since you took over? You haven't been doing it for that long. because No, a lot what do you think about just, it? Half yeah. the time, I've been doing it for... Been fighting fires, basically. Yeah. So, you know, I'm still excited by it. Mm. And yeah, just keep moving, moving on. Moving on up. Moving on up. Brilliant. (laughs) And how was your launch last night, by the way? It was really amazing. Um, I had a talk at the South Bank with Michaela. Yes. Coel, and that was really fantastic. Sort of like the, I think there were like 2,000 people. Wow. And then, you know, we went to Claridge's after and really sort of danced around, really. Great. And had a great time with, you know, some friends and I had a really great time. And then you were saying how you get up at five in your (laughs) book (laughs) to meditate. Were you up at five this morning to meditate? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, meditate. I didn't work out. But you meditated at five. I meditated, yeah. Edward, that's mm. amazing. But I mean, I've, I've never been one of those that needed eight hours sleep or anything. Really? So five was always enough. Five. And I'm talking from way back. Well, then well, you've got to have a kid then. You'll be fine. <laughs> I think I might be, actually. <laughs> I don't need sleep. No. Come and look after mine. I never thought about that. <laughs> 
great stories. Naomi Campbell and Kate Moss in Shadow Lounge. Woo! What a great chat. So, listeners, let us know what you thought of that. I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Get in touch. Stay connected. Instagram at Homo Sapiens, at Homo Sapiens Podcast on Facebook. And email your comments, your questions, and your agony uncles to hello at Homo Sapiens Podcast.com. Thank you. You're wonderful people. I'm sending you all my love. Bye-bye. Powered by Spirit Studios.